staying in that state of Mississippi, let's kick it over to our interview with Michael Katz of the Daily Journal in Mississippi. This is a really good interview. I think you guys are going to appreciate it. And we touch on the Egg Bowl, of course. It's not just Ole Miss talk here. All right, well, we're joined now by Michael Katz, who covers Ole Miss for the Mississippi Daily Journal. Give him a follow on Twitter at Michael L. Katz, and that's with a Z. And give a follow to the Facebook group, too, with Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. How, how are you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing good, but I'm not doing as well as Lane Kiffin and them Ole Miss Rebels coming off of such a big win there against Texas A&M. I want to ask you all about that, but before I get to that, you know, I caught um, one of your interviews there with Paul Feinbaum, and I had no idea until I heard that that uh, you actually, you know, have a previous experience there with Lane Kiffin going back to uh, your days at Southern Cal. Can you can you tell me a little bit about that, and uh, how have you seen Kiffin grown uh, as a head coach since that time? Yeah, it's it's funny. Every time you think the world can't get any smaller, it, it somehow does that, you know, eight years after I graduate, Lane Kiffin and I would both be in Oxford, Mississippi, uh, of, of all places. But uh, yeah, no, he was uh, he was the head coach when I was a student reporter for uh, for the Daily Trojan. Um, I, I covered uh, covered them in 2012 was the year I traveled with the team. Uh, he was he was fired in 2013, and, and a lot has happened uh, since then. And you know, that was one of the things that, that Paul was really interested in, is just kind of hearing how he's kind of different. And, and the way I, I guess the best way I can sum it up is, you know, obviously there's a big difference between a 30-something-year-old and a 40-something-year-old just in terms of maturity and the way they handle things. But I think the biggest thing for me is I, I, think, I think Lane is having a lot more fun with kind of being you know part of the joke and the brand if you will I, I think he enjoys kind of poking fun at himself and and other people on Twitter I don't know if he was necessarily super comfortable with that aspect of it uh, you know during his USC days he's he's really kind of uh, he, he's done a really nice job of of laughing at himself and the things around him and I don't I don't know if that was something that I I really could have said about him uh, when he was at SC, you know, he was a 30, early 30s guy, you know, sort of trying to, uh, you know, with, with one of the toughest jobs in college football that, you know, we kind, kind of, uh, you know, he, he was kind of thrown into and, uh, you know, it, it did not work out as as he would have liked there. But I, I think he learned from it and, and with everything that happened at Tennessee before that and everything that's happened since, I think he sort of learned that you have to sort of embrace your your persona to an extent. And, and I, th- I think he's, he's really kind of come to terms with, you know, uh, who, who he is. And, and he's, he's, I think he's, I think he's comfortable in his own skin uh, a lot more compared to the when he was uh, at USC. Yeah. And that last season that you referenced, was that the year they went to the Sun Bowl? And it was that, am I correct on that? It, it sure was. It was the, uh, it was the preseason number one team that finished seven and six. I, I, I've, I've never been good luck. So apparently uh, I, I will, I, I will, I'll wear that one. When I worked at NFL network, there was a lot of USC alums in there and that man, they told me some wild stories of that year, but maybe that's for a different, different time here because we're on to bigger and better in the SEC. But, you know, speaking of that, I know, 
so clearly you've covered Southern Cal. You've covered, uh, you, you were up there in uh, Wyoming, I believe, before you came to the SEC. So I really wanted to ask you, has there been a moment where you're like, holy shit, like this SEC is different. Has there been a, a moment like that for you? Yeah, I think it really hit me when I went to Brian Denny uh, a month and a half ago or whatever it was, because um, that was the real first SEC road game. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, going to the Rose Bowl and stuff, and that's a very different experience. You know, I grew up, you know, 10 minutes from there, and that's, that's its own, you know, majesty, but it, it's not a true road game for anybody. Uh, you know, going to that and i would say tennessee uh which had its own issues uh, in terms of <laughs> golf balls and mustard being thrown on the field but uh you know just i had never really seen that sort of you know a hundred thousand people just that excited and, and you know singing along to songs and and just being you know from start to finish so into a game i think that was the moment where i said oh man this isn't you know, I love the Mountain West. I, I had some great times there, but it's moments like that where it really hits you that you are covering something a lot bigger than, uh, you know, a, a Wyoming-Boise State game. Mm-hmm. Now, how about the Grove? There's so much, uh, you know, talk about it. I'm sure when you got this job, people were referencing it all the time. Did the Grove and that experience, did that live up to the hype for you? You know, it's so funny because I, everybody's been telling me about it. My first trip to the Grove was actually this last weekend um, for game day. Oh, wow. um, I had never – I didn't even know where it was. I just had to follow somebody um, who knew <laughs> where they were going. Uh, it turns out it was, like, literally right next door, like, the parking lot I, I normally use it. So that was nice. But, you know, I, I'd heard about it, and, and, you know, it obviously has a, a great reputation. And I – I had just never, like, you know, I kind of hit the ground running when I got here in August and haven't really had a, a ton of time to, you know, explore that kind of stuff. So I went out there for college game day bright and early. And, man, it's, uh, you know, it, it it seems like an awesome place to just, you know, do the whole tailgate college football thing. It's it's beautiful. It's got all the shade and the trees. Um, it, it, it's it's on campus. It's it's close to the stadium. Uh, it's It, it really, um, it, I think it's really sort of what, what, tailgating in college football is all about you know i i went to usc and tailgating there's a little bit different because the coliseum isn't like where you tailgate uh you, you, you tailgate on campus and it's kind of spread around um and tailgating at usc is uh you know a lot of great memories but it, it's just a little bit different when you have a, a sort of place like the grove where everybody kind of collectively goes and um it, it was it was really cool to see those you know those thousand plus however many you know fans there were there bright and early some of them got there at like 8 p.m the night before which is insane uh I, you know it seems a little bit excessive to me but i guess if i had been in uh you know the right state of mind i might have uh <laughs> i, I might have understood a little bit more where they were coming from but uh just really passionate people and just it, it's it's it, it, it's it seems like a great place to, to to get ready for a college football game that's for sure how often does someone ask you about Arch Manning and what you know about uh, his recruitment and all that? Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it doesn't help when Lane holds up a sign that says, we want Arch. That doesn't really, uh, you know, help uh, the narrative very much. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, my dad's asking me about it, which, you know, it's like, thanks, Dad. Dad, I promise as soon as I get information, I'll let you know. 
um yeah no it's it's uh it's it's crazy that hype train is moving you know he was on espn uh, a couple weeks ago for a game and mm-hmm. you know, obviously the mannings are, are are royalty here and uh you know eli was here for his jersey retirement <laughs> we had to ask him about arch which is just crazy to ask him about a 16 year old um but that's just kind of the the way college football is and we with a name like that and uh you know everything that that family has done you know for this school i, I think people are are potentially really excited, but I also think that they're realistic about, you know, what college football is and, and that, you know, it, you know, as much as I'm sure he loves Ole Miss, there's going to be a lot of other factors that come into his recruitment. But I think people are cautiously optimistic, but, you know, if, if, if it doesn't work out, um, you know, I, I, I still, I, I feel confident saying that uh, Ole Miss will still be, you know, happy with the Manning family. Right. And maybe, you know, Lane Kiffin, Jeff Lebby, their best sales pitch is just what they've been able to do with Matt Corral. And given the fact that there really hasn't been a guy that has stepped out and staked his claim for the Heisman Trophy, at least not yet, can you make the case after watching all of Matt Corral's games this year why he should be the guy that uh, brings home the Heisman Trophy at the end of the season? Yeah, so I, I, you know, I, I know that the Heisman is—it's a lot of numbers and it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's window dressing to an extent because let's not every Heisman voter can watch every game. That's just how it goes, and I get that. Um, you know, numbers do matter, but I, I said this on Twitter uh, a week or two ago that I thought Matt Corral. I, I don't know who's going to win the Heisman, but I think he's the most important player in college football to his team, mm-hmm. and I say that because. That offense, everything they do from the running game to obviously the passing game, everything, their, their tempo, it is all predicated on Matt Corral being back there um, because his ability as a runner opens things up for that trio of running backs. Um, he, I mean, he's got a golden arm. I think we all know that. Um, I, I, I really think that his importance to that team can't be understated. And, and you know, he's – I mean, he's got what I think he's got 17 touchdown passes and two picks and then 10 rushing touchdowns, which are, I mean, those are really nice numbers, but you know, you look at the highs and trophy winners, they're usually in like the thirties and forties when you look at, you know, total touchdowns and whatnot. But, you know, I, I think you kind of have to put Matt Corral's season into, into context. You know, he's, he was on one leg for a while with, you know, got, got carted off, at, you know, during a game and came back in, uh, you know, a few minutes later, uh, he's had a lot of receivers out, uh, but I think the most important thing is is that Ole Miss has 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 been winning games and he has not turned the ball over and that was always kind of the thing with him is you know last year I think he threw 11 interceptions in two games mm-hmm. and the rest of the season he only threw three um, you know when when it rained it poured for Matt last year and he hasn't had a lot of moments where he turned the ball over at all but he's done a really good job of just not letting things snowball and just kind of trudging forward and. You know, I think I think most people would would say that this Ole Miss offense is a lot of fun to watch, and it just does not operate without Matt Corral. I I, I think Lane Lane has said you know how important Matt is, and you know coaches don't necessarily love to put that on one guy, but I I think he realizes just how special Matt is, and um, you know I I don't know if there's a you know there's there's going to be you know Bryce Young's having an amazing season, Kenny Pickett's having a great season. Um, you know, those quarterbacks are probably going to end up with better numbers. But uh, I, I don't know if there's a quarterback who means more to his team than, than what Matt Corral does for Ole Miss. Now, how surprising was it last week, getting back to that A&M game, 
you know, I don't think it was stunning by any means that Ole Miss won that game, but it was more the way they won. I mean, they, they dominated the run, rushing advantage. Uh, they won on the line of scrimmage. That defense really set the tone. How surprised were you that, uh, that the game played out in that way? Yeah, so I, I had a lot of scenarios envisioned in my head of like how Ole Miss could win, and winning a defensive struggle was definitely not like one of the ones that I had envisioned. Like if I, I thought, you know, if, if Ole Miss was going to win against a very, very good A and M defense, it was going to be a Matt Corral Heisman game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's how I thought it had to happen, and he was going to have his moment, and you know that's how it was going to come through for him. And you know Matt plays fine, uh, but he, you know he, he he missed some throws, and he was not as sharp as, as we have seen him at times. Uh, and the offense stalled uh, a lot. You know, they, they were not very efficient in, in the part of the field where they needed to be. And, uh, you know, it, this was a game that, you know, other than the third quarter where A&M, you know, kind of did some stuff offensively, it was a game where the Ole Miss defense really sort of dominated. And that was just not – you know, it's something that we've seen in stretches this year. Uh, you know, they'll have a good quarter or, you know, they'll have a good, you know, few minutes stretch. And then, you know, the levy breaks and, and, and things kind of, you know, something happens. But this was a game where really kind of from start to finish, the defense was really on top of things. And, you know, I, I don't know if I've, you know, really seen a game this year where I can say the defense is the reason Ole Miss won that game. Uh, you know, there's there's been moments, like I said, you know, the two-point conversion, uh, you know, uh, fit fail uh, from Arkansas, you know, that was a nice play. Um, you know, against Auburn, they, they lost that game, but they held, you know, Auburn to just three points, and that kind of kept them in the game that whole second half. The offense just kind of let them down. Uh, you know, there there have been games where you've seen the defense kind of, you know, make an impact, but it's never been really the reason that a game was – was decided, uh, and and this was just a really, really impressive performance. I I, I honestly thought that A and M was going to be able to run the ball with those two good backs and that big physical offensive line. And um, you know, I, I will I will eat crow on that one. I was wrong. Uh, the Ole Miss defense really really stepped up. All right, Michael, I really appreciate your time. I just got one more thing for you. We got the Egg Bowl. I know we got a game this weekend with Vanderbilt, but uh, I cannot imagine that there's anybody in that state that is not already looking forward to the Egg Bowl. Obviously, Thanksgiving night, it's going to be the battle for the second place in the SEC West. Who would have seen that coming in the preseason? Are you already sensing that energy and that buzz surrounding this game? And and I, I believe this is going to be your first Egg Bowl, but you got you better be prepared, man, for something weird because this this is my favorite game Every year in the SEC, something wild always happens, and uh, I, I think we're going to get it something weird again. Yeah, and that's you know that's what's so great is like you know I distinctly remember I was at a friend's house for Thanksgiving a couple years ago when Elijah Moore lifted his leg up. I <laughs> uh, remember that. I you know I remember Matt Corral getting in the face of Jonathan Abram. I believe it was mm-hmm. uh, that was a whole situation. It's just every year there is just something that is so abnormal. But that's just so like that's what makes it great, and there is so much energy just with, you know, uh, you know, late on game day saying that that Mike Leach is the best offensive play, you know, offensive coach in college football, and then Mike Leach saying like, oh no, I think he's just saying that, uh, you know, there's just a there's a good sort of banter between the two. Um, they're just very good for in, in in that aspect of things, and not to mention that, you know, Mississippi State, yeah, they have a couple of really weird losses. 
but they've also got a few really, really good wins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, they're back in the top 25 of the CFP. Uh, I'm imagining they're going to take care of business against Tennessee State this weekend. Um, so, you know, you've got a 7-4 and four Mississippi State team against a 9-2 and two Ole Miss team with so much, you know, a New Year's Six game on the line. Uh, the, the, the numbers seem to really like, uh, you know, Mississippi State. So if they won that game, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe get a sniff there. And uh, there's, there's, there's a lot on the line. Uh, the game is always uh, – it's, it's always a, a, a spectacle. And I have been told – uh, to 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 uh, you know just kind of plan accordingly for for not uh, maybe not being as timely on deadline as I would like to be because <laughs> it's probably not going to be decided until the very last second. Absolutely. All right. Well, he's Michael Katz. Got to give him a follow at Michael L Katz. And don't forget to check out the Facebook group Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. So I appreciate Michael joining me again. You can follow him at Michael L cats on Twitter, and he does a hell of a job there covering the Ole Miss rebels for the daily journal out of the state of Mississippi. Really thankful for his time, uh, giving us some insight into the Ole Miss rebels. And I thought our audience would really love the fact that uh, we got a, a guy from PAC 12 country who's coming in, getting his first taste of the sec and everything they say, living up to the hype. And I mean, it's no surprise to anybody on this show, but it's as true as they say, man, there's, there's nothing quite like the SEC out there.